0: Greet everyone in the name of Jesus. Uh, first of all, I want us to just pray and give thanks to God. Let's exalt the name of our God for this season that we are in. Father, we give glory to your name. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your outpouring. We thank you for what the agenda of heaven that is being run on earth. Thank you for what you are bringing down to us thank you god almighty for visiting us in your mercy in your grace thank you god so much god almighty for being merciful and being gracious to us thank you because your mercies are new every morning they are new every day we exalt you god almighty thank you for the resources of heaven that has that are being poured out unto us we do not take this for granted, O oh God, but we rejoice, O oh God, in the fact that we are partakers of those things that are coming. Lord, we exalt you. Thank you, God Almighty, for the Canada Conference. I exalt your name, O oh God Almighty, for your mercy amongst the people, your children, you are put together, that you want to visit the land through. God, I exalt your name for the strength in their midst. Thank you for grace. Thank you for the bond of unity. Thank you for oneness in their midst. Thank you, God Almighty, for the ever-increasing grace in the midst of your children. I exalt and adore you, God Almighty, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for all those who have spoken before now. Thank you, God Almighty, even for tonight. Lord, I ask for mercy. I ask for grace. I ask, God Almighty, for your love. Lord, just have mercy on me. Help me to be able to bring forth your mind, your counsel for tonight. In the name of Jesus, that your name might be glorified. Help me to speak as your oracle in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Good evening, everyone. I I, I thank God for what God is doing in our days. So much has been said. So much revelations have come about the, the theme, the new and the living way. We know that that way where the way is leading us to the way is leading us to the holiest of all the holiest of all is a place is a realm or the zone of the life of god is the zone of god himself where there is everlasting life that leads to eternal life so the way is the way to life hallelujah the journey of the believer is a journey of life to life from one level of life to another level of life because jesus said the thief cometh not but for to steal to kill and to destroy say but i am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Jesus Christ talking like that, he's talking about the the way man can come into life. Man can only come into life in levels. There are different levels of life that is in God. All this life, they are in God. But because, because of the way man has so fallen, Man cannot come into everything of God at once. So they have to give it to us in levels. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So our journey, our journey is a journey of life. Life unto life. Life unto life. So we be, they began with us by giving us life that is in Christ Jesus. The Bible says the path of the just man is like a shining light. That shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. The path, which means a just man has a path that he must he must walk in. It is it is ordained for him, it is consecrated for the just man to walk in a particular path. And the end of that path. The end of that part is called the perfect day. The perfect day is when the just has come to lay hold on salvation. A a saved man is a man who has embodied all of God. The life that is in God. Because the life that is in God is responsible for salvation. Hallelujah. God saves. God is savior. God is salvation. So coming into life is coming into salvation so we got quickened we got born again so that we can inherit salvation we got born again so that we can inherit the kingdom of god you see the bible jesus christ uses interchangeably life and kingdom at times he will use he will refer to entering into life, he will also refer to entering into the kingdom. They are all saying the same thing, praise the Lord. So we, we got born again so that we can enter into the life of God, which is entrance into the kingdom of God. Every believer, Bible says Jesus said to Nicodemus, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. He cannot see the kingdom. See the kingdom means he cannot comprehend the kingdom. Now, comprehending the kingdom means he cannot comprehend life. Because life and kingdom, they are the same. If you enter into life, you are entering into the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Now, the kingdom also is in levels. There is the kingdom of God, there is the everlasting kingdom of God, praise the Lord. So there are levels of entrance into the kingdom. So also there are levels of entrance into life. Hallelujah. It is the same thing. Jesus said, you will not enter into the kingdom or you will not enter into life. He said, God will say, you well done faithful servant enter into the joy of your Lord. Entering into joy is entering into kingdom because the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It is righteousness, it is peace, it is joy in the Holy Ghost. That joy is the everlasting kingdom. That is the Holy of Holies. So he said, "A, a servant that has done well, that has fulfilled the will of God, God will tell him, well done, faithful servant. Enter ye into the joy of your Lord. The joy of your Lord is the life, everlasting life of your Lord. Praise the Lord. So, this entrance, this, this, um, way we are talking about is the way that leads us to the joy of our god that leads us to everlasting life and that way is not known by any man that way is not known by any man you can't just get up you don't enter into the kingdom where you got born again jesus said except a man be born of water and of the spirit he cannot enter so there is a need to see first Except a man being born again, he cannot see the kingdom. That is, he cannot, he cannot understand, he cannot comprehend life. What makes for life, except you are born again. So the new birth, we know that the new birth, the reason for the new birth is so that we can enter into life. We can enter into everlasting life. We can enter into eternal life. That's the reason you got born again. So it's so, I mean, when we understand this basic, have this basic understanding that we know how to journey with God at any level that we are in. Praise the Lord. So Jesus said, Except a man be born except a man be born again, number one, he cannot see. So there is a there is a a a, a there is a need to see to understand. And the reason for understanding is so that you can do what you see and as you do you are being born hallelujah as you do you are being born that is you are changing you are changing you are being raised you are being you are growing up you are acquiring stature by doing now you cannot do except you see you have to see first You have to see, to see life there means to see the principles that govern the life of God. Hallelujah. To see you can't enter into that life until you understand the laws that govern the life of God. Hallelujah. So when you understand those laws that govern the life of God, then you will do the law because the reason they are showing you is so that you can do what you are saying. Now, when you do, when you do, you change, you you are what you do, you become what you do. We are changed by doing, we are changed by obedience. Hallelujah. Now this changing is so necessary for entrance. Jesus said, except a man be born by water and by the spirit, he cannot enter. Now entrance is by being born. Entrance is by changing. Entrance, is, by, it is it is persons that change. It, is, it takes stature to enter. Stature is what is required for entrance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, when, when God was going to raise a man in the Old Testament that will enter into the Holy of Holies, the man called Moses, what he raised was a stature. He raised a stature. The high priest Aaron did not have the same stature Moses had even though he's allowed to come in into the Holy of Holies you know once a year and that's because he doesn't have the stature that Moses has. He, he, Moses, Moses was raised by ways. Hallelujah! Moses was a man of ways hey what way it does to you is to configure you what way it does to you is to mold you to a person of access so the bible says god revealed his acts to the children of israel but he, he made known his ways to moses his ways to moses so a man of the way is a man of access hallelujah a man of way is a man of access. He's a man that qualifies for entrance. He told every other person, he said, all of you, if I'm going to talk to you, you uh, he told um, Aaron, come, you can come once a year to the holiest of all. No other priest qualifies to come and his own coming is once a year. He said, but Moses, you come face to face, anytime, anytime, just come. What qualified Moses for that? And it doesn't go with any blood. it just goes with stature. <laughs> he goes with a he is a man that God has raised and what raised Moses was ways God revealed his ways to Moses he revealed his act so in these days that we are in we should be particular about ways we should be particular about ways the ways of God the ways the way to the holiest of all is a way but it is ways Praise the Lord. Because you start from somewhere. You don't just get up one day and then just, you start from somewhere. It is line upon line. They build you. They build a structure for entrance. Hallelujah. Now, when we talk about building there, there is no building without truth. There is no building without revelation of truth. When we first got born again, we were born again as babies. Canal. Canal people don't have access. Carnal people cannot access God. Carnal people cannot have access to the life of God. When you are carnal, you are ignorant. Praise the Lord. Now, the Bible, uh, Paul said concerning the, I mean, he was talking to the Ephesian Christians. In Ephesians chapter 4, he said that they should not walk as the Gentiles walk. Now, a carnal person, a carnal Christian is not different from a Gentile. Because everything, every passion the Gentile has, the carnal believer has it. The only thing is that he now uses God to pursue those things that the Gentiles use other gods to pursue. You know, they use God now to pursue those things. But we said, This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth what walk, not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind. Having... The understanding darkened. Hallelujah. That they are walking in the vanity of their mind because their understanding is darkened. Hallelujah. Being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. And you see, they are separated by their work. By ignorance, by darkened understanding, they are separated from the life of God. Why? Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see. Now, you need to see. To see there, you don't see automatically when you got born again. You need to take some food to begin to see the things that make for life that is in Christ. So you need to take some food. Uh, some The food you take is milk milk for the baby to build a particular stature stature of a man that can take meat that can feed on meat now you need to feed on meat to have life hallelujah so a a child a baby you you give back to a baby you feed the baby with milk the baby takes milk takes milk takes milk takes milk, becomes robust The cheeks will come out. After some time, teeth will come out. You call it milk teeth. That milk teeth is getting the baby ready to chew some meat. Meat there is not nama. Meat there is is solid food. Solid food that the baby can use now to grow further. Hallelujah. So feeding is very important in the journey of life. Without feeding, you cannot come to life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he said, when you are born again, you feed on milk until you are strong enough. And then you are weaned from milk and drawn from breast. Who shall he teach knowledge? Knowledge there is what they use to enlighten our eyes, to begin to see life. Who shall he teach knowledge? And who shall he make to understand doctrine? Those who are weaned from milk and what drawn from breast, wind from milk, and drawn from breast, because line must be upon line, precept must be upon precept, line upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little, that is how we get life. Hallelujah. Without knowledge, he said, the official the Gentiles are alienated. They are aliens from the life of God. Why? Because of the ignorance that is in them. Now, ignorance separates you from the life of God. So what will join you to God's life, what will connect you to the life of God will be what? Knowledge. The healing for ignorance is knowledge. When there is ignorance, then knowledge will be introduced for ignorance to be healed. And that knowledge cannot be given to you except you have been weaned from milk, and drawn from breast. When you are weaned from milk and drawn from breast, you are ready for knowledge. Who shall we teach knowledge? Because we need knowledge to be able to take life. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see. He cannot see. That is, he cannot comprehend. He cannot know. He cannot understand the kingdom. He cannot understand life. So you need understanding. Bible says the uh, the, the Gentiles had their understanding darkened. <laughs> their understanding was darkened. And so because their understanding was darkened, they were alienated from the life of God. Now, to, for, for us to have life, they have to enlighten our understanding. Now, what they used to enlighten our understanding is the revelation of Christ which we are qualified for after we have used milk very well. When you use milk very well, then you can now come and begin to take the knowledge of Christ. Now, the knowledge of Christ is meat that Paul said he could not feed the Corinthian Christians with. He couldn't feed the Corinthian Christians with it. He said, when I came to you, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. So it takes a spiritual man to take knowledge. Hallelujah. What makes you spiritual is food. To turn you from carnality to spirituality, it's just food. They change your food. Hallelujah. Then you, you, your food now begins to change your, your, your configuration, your person. Because a carnal man, like I said, a carnal man cannot enter the kingdom of God. Jesus said, Rabbi Paul said, he said, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom. A, a man that to inherit the kingdom is cannot inherit everlasting life, cannot inherit eternal life. Even the life of Christ is the life of the kingdom at the beginning. Praise the Lord. So if flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom, it means for a man to inherit, he must change from flesh. He must be converted. He must be changed. Hallelujah. And so what I'm saying, something that it is, we need Transformed men and women to access the doors of everlasting life. Hallelujah. To access the doors of everlasting life, we need transformed men. Now, the beginning of the transformation is the receiving of the doctrine of Christ. The doctrine of Christ, inside Christ, is life. There is life that is inside Christ. And the only way that you can assess the life that is inside Christ is by the knowledge of Christ, revelation of Christ, which is the giving of meat. Meat is meat. Meat, there is no nama. Meat is solid food that will change a man. The reason for Jesus said, He said, Except you eat my flesh and drink my blood. You have no life in you. So the reason, he said, he said my flesh is meat, indeed. It's meat, it's food eh, for a man to eat and have life. The essence of doctrine, of teaching is to give life. Because we need understanding to partake of life. Why understanding? You need to know what is contained in that life. You need to know the laws that are operational in that life for you to be able to do it, and in doing it, you change. Hallelujah. In doing it, in doing what is being revealed, you change. So they grow us. They grow us from when we are weaned from from milk and drawn from breast. It is time to grow a spiritual man. And the meal for growing a spiritual man is the revelation of Christ. So as Christ is being revealed... You are doing what is being revealed. Don't forget, the key, the key thank God for that ministration by James. Very wonderful, where he stressed that in this season is a season of fear. It's a time to reverence God. So when, when the light of this everlasting life was going to start breaking, one commandment, instruction the Lord gave to me, he said, make sure you reverence me. He said, make sure you reverence me. reverence me there is fear me because without reverence reverence means you tremble at the word, you are quick to obey the word, that is key for entrance anybody who is not who is um, rascally at this time is not ready for entrance if you are rash you are not careful, you are not courteous you can't enter so the Lord said make sure and there will be provocation, There there will be temptations for you not to reverence God there will be temptation to want to just throw caution to the wind and say, I beg I no fear die. I can't die. I've obeyed enough. Don't don't take me, don't take me for granted. Like, mm, please, everybody should just know their limits. They can't come and kill me. No, they want to kill you so that you can, you can live. Praise the Lord. So what am I saying? The meal for a man to turn. Now, don't forget entrance into life. Entrance into kingdom is not possible without a man changing, changing form. Hallelujah. (laughs) It is a configured man that can change, that can enter the kingdom. You see our Lord Jesus Christ, the first person to enter. Bible says he has entered in for us. For him to enter, he went through process of changing, process of changing. He became, from from being born as a baby, he grew as Jesus. He answered that name, Jesus. From being Jesus, he undertook obedience that made him to become Christ. He became Christ. After he became Christ, the Bible says, Though he were a son, yet lent he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation to as many as will obey him. Author of eternal salvation. Eternal salvation is the inheritance of the saints. When you inherit eternal life, you inherit everlasting life, and then you inherit his eternal life, you have come to eternal, you are eternally saved. Now, he said Jesus Christ is the author of those who will inherit this eternal salvation. He's the author. And the author, we, we can see what the author went through. He went through all the processes. He went through the process of being raised as Christ, he went through the process of becoming the son of God. He went through the process of fearing. He went through the process of obedience. Bible says, though he were a son, he learned obedience. The obedience he learned there was everlasting life. He learned everlasting life commandments and he obeyed them. And that made him, he became something. So what am I saying? When we are talking about life, there has to be obedience. Revelation is very, very good and very, very sweet. But revelation must translate into a walk because it is by walking that we change. It is by walking that we are made. So he says that I am not ashamed of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. To them that believe, to the Jews first, then to the Greeks. For therein, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, the gospel The righteousness that is revealed is revealed unto, it is the power of God unto salvation. That it is the power of God unto ability to get everlasting life and eternal life. So, and he says, the reason for this revelation is so that you can live by that which is revealed. Living by that the just shall live. By faith, the just shall live by the righteousness that is being revealed. Revelation of righteousness is revelation of the kingdom. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, you have to do righteousness the way the Lord Explain this thing to me. He said you have to do righteousness to the point of peace. You do righteousness. No, so when you are doing righteousness, you are being raised. Why? Righteousness does something. Revelation of righteousness and the doing of righteousness makes a person, forms a stature, raises a stature that is called Christ or the stature of the godly man or the stature of a holy man a holy man a godly man is a man that has trapped life that is in Christ Christ is a godly man Christ is a spiritual man but he takes obedience to the righteousness of Christ that has been revealed to make that person let's quickly look at Romans chapter 6 it's so important in our, our journey, our journey to everlasting life that we know that you cannot do without obeying what is being revealed. The essence of revelation, I will emphasize this, I will say it any time I have chance and opportunity to say, revelation is not meant for showing off. Revelation is not meant for puffing off. Revelation is not meant for boasting. If you find yourself see boasting in revelation you know that you have not done enough. Let us pray to God that when re- revelation should make you fear. Because revelation brings demand on you. Great demand. Great demand. Revelation when when something is revealed to you, you have seen. You have seen something and you are you are making covenant. You must obey what you are saying. So the more revelation you have, the more the demand. To whom much is given, much is expected. To whom much issue should... There was a time in my life when I started receiving revelation of Christ. And the demand that was following was heavy on me. I looked at it I said, ah, this revelation is like, I don't want it again. I said, God, please hold on for your revelations. There are too many. And it's laying a demand on my life. That is what revelation should do to us. When you once you see, you should fear. Hey, this hey, is I'm seeing. Once I see, I have been commanded. Once I see, I have been commanded. Yes, there is the grace for preaching. But the Bible says, "To whom much is given, much is expected." So when revelation comes to you, it it should make you sober and make you fear. Because you should, you are going to be judged by what is being revealed to you. That's the standard. What is being revealed to you is the standard for judging you. Once you are seen, they've, give, they've showed you a standard. They've measured something for you to walk in. So let's not forget that without doing what is being revealed, we are not making progress. We are not journeying. The way we journey to God, journey to God's life is by obeying what is being revealed by obeying what is being, something is taking place in you. You are changing. You are being altered on your inside. Your configuration is changing. Don't forget, it is a soul that journeys. It is a soul that walks in the way. It is a soul that will enter into the holiest of all. It is a soul that will inherit everlasting life and eternal life. So the soul of man is the one is configured in a way that it is anti-God. It is anti-God, raised by Satan, raised by by the world, standards of the world that sets a man, pitches a man against God. So to, to defeat that configuration, they introduce Christ to break down the worldly configuration that we came into, you know, by tradition, by learnings, by, by walking wrongly. We were configured wrongly and configured against God, against the life of God. So what they want to do is to break that, that configuration and to break it down, to break it down and raise another. It has to be done by knowledge, by revelation. So they reveal Christ. When Christ is revealed, the righteousness that is in Christ is what they give to us. And when it is revealed to you, you obey that righteousness. You must obey. If you don't obey, there is no changing. And once you don't change, you are not moving. Our movement is our change. Our change is our movement. When you change, then you move. You, the closer you come to God is according to your change. So let's quickly look at Romans chapter 6 romans chapter six that is a very popular verse of scripture but you can't you can't just talk about these things without visiting romans chapter six It's a very necessary a a, a very necessary place to visit in our journey to life because it tells us how we graduate from life to life by joining in righteousness that is revealed there's nothing god will do in a man without bringing the knowledge of righteousness so the righteous, and it is from righteousness to righteousness. The whole of the kingdom is righteousness from one level to the other. The Bible talks, God testified about Jesus. He said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom, the authority of your kingdom, is righteousness. You loved righteousness, you hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows. He loved righteousness. He loved righteousness and he hated iniquity. So it is righteousness all through, but in different grades, different righteousness. So they start us with the righteousness that is in Christ. And what that does, it raises a stature. Don't forget, it is stature that enters. It is formation. We enter by formation. The reason for the revelation of the blood. He said we enter by the blood of the lamb. Inside the blood of the lamb is contained properties of his life. Substances of his life that will be sprinkled upon us, that will be revealed to us to do. So you enter by doing what the blood is saying. Hallelujah. You enter by doing what the blood is. That's how to enter by the blood. You don't say I enter into the holy of holies. I enter in the blood of the Lamb, I enter to worship you holy. I enter to honor I am. Mm, that's not how to enter. That's not how to enter. It's not by singing. You enter by the blood. The blood has substances that it must be revealed to you, and then when it is revealed to you, you do. When you do, you become <laughs> like the carrier of the blood. Hallelujah. So it is by doing that we enter. You do what the blood is revealing. But you cannot receive what the blood is re- re- revealing to enter into the holiest of all, except you have been raised first by this By this, uh, Romans chapter 6. Let's quickly look at it. I'll read from... So raising, when the Bible is talking about raising, is actually a a man is growing when his sins are being deleted. When sins are deleted, they are growing. When they are remitting your sins, they are growing. And the only way sins can be remitted is by the revelation of righteousness. Righteousness that you obey will erase sin. Praise the Lord. It's very, very important. It is our sin that separated us from God. He said separated us from the life of God. He said from verse 15, I'll read, What then shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace. God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death? Are you seeing that? So if you continue to sin, you will die. You will not. Romans chapter 8 says, If you walk after the flesh, you will die if you through the spirit mortify the deeds of the flesh you will live are you saying that you will live that is you will appreciate in life you will come into life you will live you will live you will live by doing what by modifying the deeds of the body through the spirit what is through the spirit through the revelation of the law of the spirit of life that is in christ jesus it will make you to live and as you are living living there means you are changing you are appreciating. You are growing in stature because the stature that we are talking about is a stature of life. Is a stature of life. Stature of life. Sons of God are sons that have trapped life, trapped everlasting life, trapped eternal life. That is the stature of sonship. Is the stature of life. So growing in stature is growing in life, acquisition of life. Praise the Lord. And we know that there is no growth in life without obeying righteousness, because the end of righteousness is, is life. Praise the Lord. so what then shall we shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid, know ye not that to whom ye yield are you say yielding, yielding them yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether or sin unto death. Of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. Ye were the servants of sin. As long as you are a servant of sin, you are carnal. You are not spiritual. You are a child. You are a baby. You can't have access. You can't have life. You can't serve sin. The end of sin is death. When you yield to say you die, you don't appreciate. Say, but God be turned that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed. Are you seeing obedience? Ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. How do they deliver doctrine to them? By revelation of Christ. There is a doctrine of Christ that you must obey to be cleansed, to be raised, To a particular stature that can stand the commandments of everlasting life. (laughs) Paul said to the Corinthian Christians, he said, I could not feed you, I fed you with milk and not with meat, because you can't bear it. You can't bear meat. Somebody who cannot bear meat, can he bear strong meat? Because the realm of everlasting life is the realm of strong meat. It belongs to them who who are mature who well, are full age. Now you come to full age by using meat. Meat comes, brings you to a, 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 an age, matured age that you can now use strong meat. Praise the Lord. So he says, But God be that ye were servants of sin. May we stop serving sin. May we stop serving sin. May we receive deliverance from the service of sin. To serve God, ye were," he said. "But ye have obeyed. You have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Now this is a prerequisite for life. Is a prerequisite for change. Look at what happens when you obey from the heart. He says, being then made, being then made free, free from sin. Are you seeing making by obedience? Making by obedience. Being then made free from sin. Ye became. Are you seeing becoming? Became servants of righteousness. By obedience. You are being made. You are serving righteousness. And when you are serving righteousness, there is something that is happening to you. I speak after the manner of men. Because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded. Yielding. 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 Don't forget. Yielded. Your members, servants to uncleanliness and to iniquity unto iniquity. Now, see what will happen. Even so, now, yield your members, servants to righteousness. Servants, so that is, when you obey righteousness, you become holy unto holiness. Are you seeing something? Servants, by obeying what is revealed, righteousness, revelation of Christ. When you obey and obey, you will be made a servant of righteousness. And then as you yield and yield to righteousness, then you are made holy. You are cleansed. You are made what? Holy. Here, we can also make uh, interchange that holiness for godliness. You become a godly man. A godly man is a stature. Godliness is a stature that is ready for the inheritance. Hallelujah. Let's look at let's look at uh, why this holiness. Why this why this making becoming holy by the revelation of righteousness. Let's quickly look at Titus. Titus chapter chapter 1 Titus chapter 1 Paul from verse 1. Paul is servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ according to the faith of God's elect. The faith of God's elect. That is the faith that is in our Lord Jesus Christ. The faith that is in our Lord Jesus Christ is called the faith of God's elect. That is the, that is what it says the just shall live by faith. That is the just shall live by the revelation of Christ the righteousness that is being revealed, that is in Christ. Hallelujah. According to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness. Now, after godliness, there also is after holiness. The reason for the faith is to raise a godly man, is to raise a holy man. By the time you exercise yourself in the faith of God's elect, and according to the revelation of the truth, which is there is a truth that is after godliness. And there is a truth that is after everlasting life. But the reason, look at that acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness. You see semicolon. The reason for this godliness, this attainment of godliness, you can't attain it until you have acknowledged the truth that is after godliness. The Bible says, God has by his divine power given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. There are substances, there are things that pertain to life and godliness. The reason for that is so that a stature of godliness can be called, they say, a godly man. It's only the godly that will stand in judgment. The ungodly cannot stand in judgment. What is the judgment? The judgment, the revelation of everlasting life. It takes a godly man to stand there. Now, before a man can be godly, you must have been exercised in the faith of God's elect and acknowledged the, the, the truth that is after godliness. That truth raises a stature of godliness. That truth makes it possible for you to assess the judgment of everlasting life. You can't understand everlasting life if you have not been made godly. If you have not, and there's one training that Christ does to us christ because before you can be made or raised as christ you must have learned obedience you must have done obedience in christ and then you get used the bible says you are made servants of righteousness you are made there is a there is a configuration that happens in us as we are obeying christ there is a formation there is a, a an alteration of the heart to obey the heart was trained with disobedience. You know that when we started learning Christ, to obey was a problem. At times you will cry and cry when a when a standard is raised to you, because the heart is trained in disobedience. But when you obey, you yield and yield, the Bible says you are you you are you, you are being, be, being made free from sin. You become servants. You become something. There is ability to obey righteousness after some, after you know, exercising yourself in righteousness in obedience. You now you you become a being of obedience. The power of the power of disobedience is broken by obedience. You are converted from a vessel, uh, from one kind of vessel to another kind of vessel that can obey. You have to exercise yourself. You know, exercise yourself. Exercise yourself. The Bible says uh, a god bodily exercise profited little. But godliness is profitable to all things. There's one place that talks about you exercising yourself in godliness. Practicing godliness is by obeying righteousness, by obeying revelation. When you practice, no, it, it, it says uh, you, you should exercise yourself in godliness. There's a verse of scripture that talks about that. To exercise yourself in godliness is to oh, yield to revelations that is after godliness. You know, when you practice something, you become perfect with it. When you practice, you do something over and over, you become perfect in doing it. That is the same thing with obedience. When we, were, we were disobedient by nature. But the only thing that can break that nature, disobedient nature, is by, is obeying, disobeying that nature. By obeying revelation of righteousness. When you do, he uh-huh, said, but profane, refuse profane and old wise fables and exercise yourself rather unto godliness. Exercise yourself unto godliness. How do you exercise yourself unto, you obey righteousness. That is after godliness. Obey the truth. Obey the truth. That is when God reveals a standard to you, Make it a practice to do it. Do it. The more you do it, the, more, the better you become in doing it. One thing I have noticed in my small journey is that when, I do, when God tells me something, I might find it difficult to obey at once in the beginning. But what I do is I will start obeying it in the flesh. <laughs> I can obey it mechanically. I will practice that obedience. I can practice it. I will do it. I might do it grudgingly. I might do it crying. But after some time, I discover that the power of disobedience loses its hold on me. I become free from that thing that doesn't want to obey. I now begin to take delight. It's like I I, I have been reconfigured into a vessel that can obey that commandment. It becomes easier for me. The more I do it, the easier it is for me to do it. What I discovered is that grace is actually released to me when I start doing it. At times it might be grudgingly. At times it might be, I might do it, you know, angrily. But what I make sure to, I do is, I do it. Even though I'm angry, I will do it. I, I remember the story of a pastor. is it one of my husband's friends. He was giving a testimony. There was a brother in church that was very, very cantankerous. You know, pastors don't like people who give them trouble. You'd rather want to let the person go instead of him staying and giving you trouble. Don't. If you are in a church, don't give your pastor trouble. That's the last thing that you should do. If you cannot give him peace, please pray and change church. Let pastors have peace. So this guy was very troublesome. He was giving the pastor trouble. And the pastor was not, you know, feeling good about it. So, and God saw that the pastor was becoming agitated about this guy. And God wanted to save the pastor, wanted to help the pastor. Because you can tilt to the other side when somebody is cantankerous in your church. So, the Lord instructed pastor to go and give a car, one of his cars, to this guy that was disturbing him. That was giving him trouble in church. (laughs) You can imagine how he will feel. Give a car to a troublesome person in your church. I mean, that's the last thing you want to do. But that is wisdom as far as God is concerned. That is salvation. Like uh, Pastor James was telling us that we should give the more earnest heed to the things that are spoken. Because that instruction that God is giving you is salvation to you. It's to change you. It's to alter your thinking, number one. Alter your thinking. Alter the state of your heart. When you obey it, as difficult as it is, it's easier for you to bless somebody who is very good to you in church with a car. But somebody who is cantankerous, the Lord said he should go and give him a car. The pastor, but God helped the pastor. He took the car and gave it to the brother. The brother came, ah, the pastor, hey, you gave me a car. You know, he was so excited. He said, leave me alone, leave me alone. <laughs> Is it, is it you of all people I want to give a cut? <laughs> you can imagine the state in which he obeyed that commandment. <laughs> it was painful to him, but he did it. Do you know that after doing it, his heart will change towards that guy? Because he has taken a step of obedience. There will be grace released and then there will be a turning in his heart. You can't obey righteousness and you will not change. That is it's not possible. When you obey righteousness, you will change. That is, that is where, where the Lord... Well, that is why it is so important. Jesus said, It is not all that call me Lord, Lord, that will enter my kingdom. But those who do, who do, who do, who do, those who do, the will. The, so not all that call him Lord that will enter everlasting life, that we enter the holiest of all. We enter by doing. It is those who do the will of my Father. What, why is it that when you do the will of the Father, you enter? Because the will of the Father changes you. The will of the Father transforms you. The will of the Father makes you a man that can access God. He raises you. Doing raises us. Praise the Lord. So important. Doing raises us. So it says here, it says, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus, because according to the faith of God's elect, and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after right godliness. The truth, like I said, is after something. The truth has an aim, is to make you godly. Revelation of truth, which is a revelation of righteousness, is that is in Christ, is to make you godly. The goal of revelation is to raise a godly man. Now you now say you now see a semicolon there. The reason for the godly man is because of the hope. In hope. eternal life which god that cannot lie promised before the world began in hope so the reason for a godly man is so that the the promise of eternal life be realized now you cannot come to eternal life until you have been exercised and raised by everlasting life everlasting demands So it takes a godly man to come to eternal life, which is the end of the journey. But before eternal life is the training and the receiving of everlasting life. It is an everlasting man that can take the judgment of eternal life because eternal life also has its own judgment. Everlasting life has its judgment. So a a godly man can take the judgment of everlasting life and then when you... Be everlasting life also raises an everlasting man that can take eternal life. Eternal life is the reward of the everlasting man. Praise the Lord. But there, the Bible is saying that you need a stature of godliness. Some days ago, you know, the Lord has been making some demands for me, very tough demands that you know that is not compatible with flesh. I mean, so one of those days, I was just wondering, I said, God... I said I now saw that it actually it is so necessary to have been exercised in Christ and to be raised a godly man for you to be able to stand in judgment to take the judgment of everlasting life because the judgment of everlasting life is not is not a, what a carnal man can bear A kind man cannot bear the judgment of everlasting life because there are things you must do. You must do. This doing from the beginning to the end, you must do. God said, Jesus Christ loved righteousness. Now, when you see Jesus, the man that entered before every other man, the way he entered is the same way everybody must enter. He came to show us an example on how to enter. He himself, he said, I am the way the truth and the life. How did he become the way? I I heard Pastor Mika telling us that the way Jesus Christ trapped the way in himself by obeying the way, by doing the way, he became the way personified by doing the way. Jesus Christ did something. He obeyed his father from the beginning to the end. He obeyed, his life is is characterized by obedience. He said, my father loved me because I do those things that are pleasing in his sight. (laughs) That is our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the the first man to enter. He showed us how to enter. It is by obedience from one level to the other. The commandments change, the the standards change as you grow. As you obey this standard, they bring the next standard. And Jesus Christ obeyed everything. He said, "My Father loved me because I do, because I do everything, all things that are pleasing in His sight." May God help us to be a doer of things that please God, things that please Him. They are the things that He reveals, things of His. Now, what God, what God did to Jesus? was to give him life by commandments, by revelation. He said the father had life in himself and he has given to the son to have life. He gave the son to have life. How did he give to the son to, be, to have life? He revealed life to the son. He revealed. He, he, one thing Jesus Christ kept doing all his life is to, he kept seeing the father. He kept seeing the Father. He kept increasing in the knowledge of the Father. He said, as the Father knoweth me, so know I the Father. So he's a man, you see, he's a man of knowledge. I said it, without knowledge, you can't assess life. No wonder he was able to assess the life that is in the Father. He said, as the Father knoweth me, so know I the Father. He had perfect knowledge of the Father. But he didn't have it in one day. He grew from knowledge to knowledge. From knowledge to knowledge, and as it was growing, it was changing, it was morphing, it was morphing. So also we too, if we are going to enter into life, we must grow. Now there is that which pertains to life and godliness. He said, "As the Father knoweth me, knoweth me." Even so know I the Father. Are you seeing something? And I laid down my life for the sheep. That is what the knowledge of the Father commanded. (laughs) I told you. I told you before, I told you, where revelation is coming to you, be fear, you know, because revelation is coming to demand from you something. Revelation is not for puffing up, it's not for boasting, it's not for shining. Revelation should make you sober, because when you see something, you should fear. This <laughs> thing I'm seeing, As I'm seeing, I'm being commanded. I'm being commanded as I'm seeing. I'm seeing God is commanding me for God to open my eyes. Yes, there is the opening of the eyes for preaching. But there is the opening. Paul said to Timothy, he said, take heed to yourself. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Are you seeing something? Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Take heed to the doctrine. Taking it to the doctrine is ensuring that you keep the doctrine. You do. Like Paul said to the Corinthian Christians and uh, Roman Christians, he said, you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine that was delivered you. So to take it to, to the doctrine is to obey from the heart the form of doctrine that has been delivered. Now doctrine is delivered by revelation. He said, take it to yourself and to the doctrine. By so doing, you will be able to save yourself. You save yourself and them that hear you. You save yourself, Both save you are, there are two people to save. There are two sets of people to save. Save both. You both, excuse me. You both save yourself and them that hear you. Are you seeing? Are you seeing the the correlation between salvation and the doctrine? Doctrine. Without obeying doctrine, you can't be saved. That is, you can't change. You will not be able to change yours. You won't change if you don't take it to doctrine. You won't change. You won't appreciate. You won't grow. We grow by obedience to what is being revealed. You will not grow. So he said, take it to yourself and to the doctrine. By so doing, you will both save yourself and them that that, that hear you. So we are, we, are, we are set to save ourselves. I am set to save myself. So when revelation comes to me, the first thing I do is to see how I will obey it. How can I obey this thing? This thing that I'm understanding is a commandment to, will I be able to obey it? Will I keep it? I need to keep it. I need to obey it because I need to keep changing. When I'm changing, people who hear me will change. Hallelujah. So it is so important to obey doctrine for to be raised. When you are raised after godliness, we are raised a godly man, then you can now begin to hope for eternal life. It's only a godly man. The reason for godliness is to be able to stand in judgment, to come to comprehend the judgment of everlasting life. You can't comprehend the judgment of an everlasting life if you have not become godly. You have not been raised a godly man. Now, he tells us that revelation of righteousness raises godliness, raises a godly man. Let's go back to that Romans chapter 6. I hope my time is not up yet. I don't know how long how long I have. Okay, I think there should still be some time now. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 6. The, 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 you see, the Bible, the whole Bible is, is just one. It's saying one thing. Psalm 1 is saying what uh, what uh, Titus chapter 1 is saying. He's saying the same thing that Romans chapter 6 is saying. Godliness and then judgment for everlasting life. Now, judgment for everlasting life cannot be given to a man that has not been exercised unto godliness, that has not become godly, because you won't have the ability. I mean, it is a higher demand. The judgment of everlasting life is a higher demand. Praise the Lord. I will come to that higher demand. Romans chapter 6, where we stopped reading the other time. That's uh, being dead, verse 18, being then made free from sin, Ye became the servants of righteousness, servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity. See, when you begin to yield to uncleanness, you begin to graduate, you graduate to iniquity and then to le- levels of iniquity. So it's very difficult. It's very dangerous. For us as believers to be yielding to uncleanness. Yielding to uncleanness will graduate you further to death. Iniquity unto iniquity. You know, there is this doctrine of uh, extravagant grace. Anytime I have any opportunity, I have to hack that, that in, I will hack it down. Anything that tells you that you don't need to do something to appreciate in God has come to kill you. Any doctrine... That tells you that you don't need to do what is right. To appreciate in God. To become something in God has come to kill you. Because the Bible makes it very, very clear. He said, be not deceived. He that doeth righteousness is righteous. You must do what is right. There is this extravagant grace doctrine. That tells you that the sins you committed. It doesn't matter what you do. Grace has covered it. The one you did yesterday, the one you, that you are doing right now, and the one you will do tomorrow is covered by grace. It's a big lie. It's a big lie. Grace has come to empower us to do what is right. Grace has come to empower us to do what is right. You need to do what is right to be made right. And you need to be made right to have access the writer you become, the more the access. If there's any English like writer, write, writer, writest. Praise the Lord. <laughs> to become better in God, you must do what is right, righteousness. And what is right is what is revealed. So you must do. If you have not heard anything from this message today, take it home that I must do to be able to enter. Because for me to change, I must do. I need to do. I need to do to change. I need to do to be free. To change is to be made free. Praise the Lord. I need to do what is revealed. So he said, being then made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity, Even so now, yield your members, servants to righteousness, unto holiness. That is, the more I obey righteousness, I will become holy. I will become what? Holy. This is holiness that comes by revelation of truth. Holiness that comes by the power of God. The power of God, the power of God to make a man holy. When a man has not been exercised, thus, and you claim to be holy, I don't trust your holiness. I don't trust your holiness. I don't trust, you know, there is niceness. It's different from being holy. Being holy has to be, it has to be gotten by doing righteousness yielding to the revelation of righteousness that molds a man a man is not holy because he has some kind of look or he doesn't laugh that is not holiness if you, are, you are even unholy when you don't laugh you should be able to laugh God is not tensed yes holiness holiness is by obeying righteousness yes yes I can see people laughing you should laugh holy people laugh. <laughs> Holiness, is <by> ra- is <laughs> Holiness is by obedience to righteousness. And when you are obeying righteousness, you are, being, you are changing. There is that power in righteousness to turn a person. The power in doing righteousness to, to turn you. Like I said, the more you do it, the easier it becomes for you to do. And when you are able to obey this law, when a higher law comes, you, it will be easier for you to obey because you have obeyed a lesser one that has altered something on your inside. There is, there is a way God alters disobedience in our inside by obey, obedience. Praise the Lord. So any doctrine, like I said, that tells you you should not do has come to kill you because he says, if you live after the flesh, you will die. I don't know where they don't read their Bible new. I feel they don't understand the new. Maybe the Bible should be translated to their native language. But the Bible that I read tells me there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not. They must walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. There must be a walk as it is written. The just shall live. By faith. There must be a walk. Once you come, there must be a walk. For the law of the spirit of life has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now the law of the spirit of life, that is Christ Jesus. That law is righteousness that is in Christ. His righteousness that is revealed is in Christ. It has ability to make, to make Make a free man. A man that is made free from the law of sin and death is a man that has been made holy. is a man that has been made godly. Now it takes walking. It takes walking by this law. Walking after the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus to be made. To be raised. To be made godly. You have to also, where is the doctrine that says grace has covered as uh, taking care of your work? No. Grace has come to empower you to walk. That's the work of grace. Say so the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. Teaching us that denying ungodliness. Are you saying, where, where did they get the grace that is ungodliness? Grace teaches us to deny ungodliness. You must deny ungodliness and worldly lust. You must deny it ungodliness and worldly lust. What's the next one? After you deny ungodliness, then we should live soberly. Godly. Godly in this present world. Why? Looking. Looking for something. When you are looking for the appearance of the great God. The appearance of the great God is the appearance of everlasting life and eternal life. Looking for the appearance of the great God. God. Uh-huh. looking for the for that blessed hope and the glorious appearance of the great God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Looking who, the people who are looking for everlasting life look because when the blessed hope appears what is our hope? In hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie has promised. Appearance of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, is the appearance of what? Of everlasting life and eternal life. So people who are looking for this, they, what should they do? They should live what? Soberly. They should live godly. They should deny ungodliness. This is how to look for it. When you are doing that, then you are knocking on the door of everlasting life. You are preparing yourself to receive judgment. Now, to receive everlasting life, you must receive judgment, understanding of that life, understanding of which our Lord Jesus Christ has embodied. That's why we say he is the way. He is the way. He has embodied everything everlasting. He has em- embodied everything eternal. So, to access him, you must first do godliness. Live godly. Live soberly Then you are looking for him. You want him to appear. To appear... Is to bring revelation, to bring understanding of that life for you to do so that you can enter. Because you need to do to enter. Entrance is by doing. Entrance is by doing. And you have to, you you do from one level to the other. Let's go to this um, Romans chapter six. The Bible is so so straight. Why would I be born again? Only to be living in sin. I got born again to, to, to stop sinning. They came to Jesus Christ. the Bible says Jesus Christ. He said, "For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His only begotten Son, His only Son, His Son, in the likeness of sin for him. For what he could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh." And for sin. Jesus was sent for sin. Well, if he was sent for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Eh? He was sent for sin. That's what they sent him for. They didn't send him for sugar and dodo. Uh -uh. They didn't send him so that they can make, I can become the CEO of the world. They didn't send him so that I can become rich. He was sent for sin. Because sin is an issue. It is sin that brought death. So for you to remove death and introduce life, you must take sin out of the way. Jesus was sent for sin. So I must stop sinning. And it is possible to stop sinning. You don't stop sinning by your power. You stop sinning by revelation, by understanding, by grace. And that grace comes by knowledge. It comes by understanding. It is possible to stop sinning. Stop saying that it's not possible for a man to be perfect. God has made everything possible. All the provisions that we need to stop sinning. He has given that provision. The provision is in the son. The son, when the son is revealed, and we do what is being revealed, we will be made free. Let's not be deceived. So let's continue. He said, I speak after the manner of men, because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanliness, and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now, Yield your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit i ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. You, can you imagine? This is the Bible. This is the Bible. It's very clear that if after I got born again and I yield, I still continue to yield my members, servants to sin. The end of it is death. I won't have access. So for me to have access, but being now, being made free from sin, are you seeing something? Being made free from sin, as I'm being made free, you become servants to God. Now you have been made free from sin. You became holy. Now they reveal another level of righteousness to you. And you become servants to God, You have your fruit unto holiness. You become holy after you have been made free from sin. And then the end of that is at the end, everlasting life. Are you seeing? After I have been made holy, I am now qualified to receive higher commandments. These are commandments of everlasting life. I am set for everlasting life. I obey commandments, I can receive instructions. Of everlasting life. I said everlasting life is more tasking than the life that is in Christ Jesus because everlasting life is the very life that is in God, is the zone of God, is the realm of God. Ah, everlasting life is the realm of God, is the zone of God, is God. Everlasting life when you enter into the holiest of all, you enter into the realm of everlasting life. You cannot enter until they have trained you with the commandments. So in the holy place, in the zone of Christ, when you have perfected charity, they begin to give you commandments of everlasting life. Very, 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 very straightforward. The Bible says, in First Peter, it talks about you seeing that you have obeyed You have purified your souls in obeying the truth unto the unfeigned love of the brethren. You obey the truth unto. You obey the truth. You do truth until you can have unfeigned love for the brethren. Charity. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. See that ye, lo- are you seeing the criteria the what precedes everlasting commandments? See that ye obey one another fervently. Seeing ye have purified your souls. It's still talking about the same thing here, about obeying righteousness to godliness or to holiness. Now, a holy man is a charity man. If you, there is no way you can say you are holy when you cannot walk in love. You know, we, we used to live with some people who claim to be holy. And the holiness is more of an external holiness. When somebody claims to be holy and you cannot love the brethren, you cannot love even the love of the saints. That is not even love of the brethren now. Love to all saints. You look at uh, saints from other church and you cannot relate with them, you cannot laugh with them because they don't look like you, they don't dress like you, they don't talk like you, then you can't relate with them. You can't even love them. You can't even count them as Christians. The best you can do is to look at them and say, oh, well, they are babies. They are, I wonder, a baby calling a baby, baby. You know, <laughs> that kind of way. When you are not when you are not a baby, you don't use baby to abuse somebody. This person looked at uh, one of our neighbors and said, "Ah, um, they were having a, an argument. And the next thing is that, uh, I'm not a baby Christian. No? I'm not a baby Christian. What are you? <laughs> it's not by saying it. It's by showing it. A, you abuse, you know, the abuse. You're abusing somebody to be a baby Christian. And some somebody say, ah, me, I'm not a, that is you. You're a baby Christian. So you can do what you are doing. If I'm not a baby Christian, I should be able to tolerate you. I should be able to, to, uh, to, to, to bear with you. Not to say, not to turn it to an abuse. It was an abuse. Oh, I'm not a baby Christian. Oh, I'm not a baby. No, 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 no. You don't say it. Show it. Show it by maturity. Show it by tolerance. Show it. Show that you are not a baby by being tolerant. Show that you are not a baby by being accommodating. Being accommodating. Accepting people of different, different uh, beliefs, you know different uh, you you call it uh, i remember myself and uh, uh my dear my dear friend and sister madam elisha when she first when she was she came to live with us madam elisha was coming from su background and she refused to remove her scarf for many years we talked we said everything i said ah, with all these revelations you are hearing, you should be able to go to church without scarf she said no she refused. One day the Lord told me, He said, Leave her alone. Leave her alone. His scarf, what we are talking about here, it is neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. You two, you are becoming too too strong on what you believe. Is this scarf that recommends her to you or her heart? The Lord told me, Leave her alone. I don't even know. I can't remember when she removed her scarf. After so many years, on her own, she removed her scarf. <laughs> but I was too I was too knowledgeable. To be tolerant See, you understand i have to more knowledge i could not tolerate her own belief if i wanted to force her to accept my belief and the lord told me clearly he said leave her alone leave her alone why the force why the why the force about scarf but on her own she got persuaded and she removed it and why would you not be able to tolerate other people because of what you believe and what you don't believe you now begin to to have schism divisions in church, division according to scarf, division according to clothes, division according to dressing, division according to those are levels of child, child, childishness. But this one, this one is the one, we are, the one we are talking about now, is loving the brethren fervently. When revelation has come, revelation of righteousness that has raised you, what it will make out of you is a lover of the brethren a charity man, and then because you are loving, you are staying in charity, that is one area we must not lie, we have to perfect, I have not perfected my own because I still see where I'm lacking I cannot lie, I'm lacking I'm falling short in perfect charity towards the brethren that that fervent love I'm still trying to perfect it I'm trying to, I am exercising myself in it, but I know I will perfect it by the grace of God, praise the Lord so it now says something uh, give me that uh, first uh, first first letter that we just read, being born again after hallelujah <laughs> sorry, I'm trying to take water. The water is too hot. we drink hot water, yeah, we don't drink cold water <laughs> Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth. this is a process of obeying. Revelation, obeying doctrine of Christ that purifies the soul through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another fervently, one another with a pure heart. A pure heart. A pure heart is a heart that has been treated by truth, by revelation of righteousness. Then, are you saying something? Being born again, then you are ready for birth. Except a man be born of water and of the spirit. He cannot enter. Being born, there, there are different bonds. There is a bond that comes by obedience to the revelation of Christ. You are being born. He said, my, 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 my little children, in whom I travel in birth again until Christ be formed in you. That is a born, a birth. Praise the Lord. So then being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. These are everlasting substances. When you are in the place of charity, you are calling for incorruptible substances, substances of everlasting life that you will obey, and it will give birth to you, give birth to a man of entrance. Jesus said, except a man be converted and become like a little child, he cannot enter. Are you seeing entrance? Conversion, but for entrance, and this thing comes by obedience. Conversion, but for entrance, you cannot but obey. You have to obey for entrance. Praise the Lord. Being born again, not of corruptible seed. Now you cannot be born until you obey the incorruptible seed. You can't be born, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. The word of God which liveth, that is everlasting life. Abided is eternal life. Praise the Lord. So these things are things, one thing I just want to bring in conclusion. One thing I am saying about these everlasting demands for as many as are ready to take everlasting demand. I saw Jesus Christ, you know, Jesus Christ becoming the way is because he obeyed everything, the way to everlasting life. By his lifestyle, I was, I was preaching in a Itaka house yesterday and I was telling the brethren that reading Christ, you can see the demands of everlasting life. I said that everlasting life is the life of the holiest of all, the life of the holiest of all the life that is in the holiest of all. You cannot be admitted into the holiest of all without the life, the, the revelation of that life visiting you in the in the holy place for you to do and burst into the holiest of all. The life of the holiest of all, you discover that Jesus Christ demonstrated it by his life. He demonstrated the kind of life he lived. You'll be wondering, why is he behaving like this? Why is he living like this? Why is God demanding this thing? his son, because when God begins to demand from you, you begin to cry God wants to kill me, my friend told me that somebody shouted, "Say, come on help me, Oh, God wants to kill me yes he said, everybody, help, help please, God wants to kill me yes, he wants to kill you that is how that is how he feels when he wants to give you life you must feel like you are being killed praise the Lord, why those demands, they are They are actually what God himself, they are the things that spell out the life of God. They are the the laws that govern their life. What you see God demanding from Jesus is the law of everlasting life. What he was demanding from Jesus is the law that rules them. You know, God has laws. He said, I will write my laws. That is, he has his own laws. The laws that govern his life. Anybody he wants to give his life to, he will introduce that law to you. And he introduces it by revelation of himself. He will reveal himself to you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, you see, Jesus Christ was made, he he came to lay example of entrance into their life to us by the way he lived you will look at him and say his own is too much or the father's own is too much why is he making such demand from his son you know what the son do but he's he wants to give the son the life that the son had from the beginning there's a life that was in him he said in him was life in the beginning was the word the word was with god the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was nothing made that was made. In Him was life. In Him, in the Son was life. And the life is the light of men. Now, that life is the life of the Godhead. It's a life that makes the Godhead. When you talk of that God, you talk about that life. That life is eternal life. It was in the Son. When the son was made flesh, he left that life. And the son needed to go back to Godhood. Now, for him to go back to Godhood as a man, he must obey all the laws of that life to inherit it as a man. Now, the son didn't need to go through all that because of us. He came to show us the way to Godhood. The way to Godhood is the way to everlasting life and eternal life because it's their life. So anybody that acquires that, no wonder the father said to him, thy throne, oh God, is forever. Because he had inherited the life that makes God, God. Thy throne, oh God, is forever and ever. The scepter, he he said, oh God, he called him, oh God, because he entered back into the life of, oh God, which is everlasting life and eternal life. He entered back into that life. So he said, your throne, oh God, is forever and ever. The scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. The kingdom is his own. Now, thou love righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even your God, God is his God. God is his God. God is not the God of a carnal man. No. God is not the God of a carnal man at all. Not the God of uh, somebody who has not changed. God is the God of those who have obeyed righteousness unto holiness and on, from holiness unto everlasting life, unto eternal life. He becomes their God praise the Lord. So Jesus Christ had to do all the obedience for him to go back into Godhood, to acquire everlasting, without everlasting life, forget about Godhood. Without eternal life, forget forgetting about Godhood. He had to obey it, and we saw the way he demonstrated it. Now, I now began to see that all the things Jesus Christ demonstrated were, that, were actually the demonstration of that life. It is the character of that life that he lived out the character of everlasting life. He lived it out. That is, where anybody that embodies that life, that is how they will live. Praise the Lord. Anybody that embodies everlasting life, that is how they live. They will live. They will be able to lay down their lives. Now, that um, John chapter 10 that I read, I quoted before, that as the father knoweth the son, So also, as the Father knoweth me, so also know I the Father. And I lay my life down for the sheep. As the Father knoweth me, so know I the Father. And I lay my life down for the sheep. Are you seeing? The knowledge of the Father, the knowledge of the Father is the knowledge of everlasting life. And that knowledge, what that knowledge does is to command you to do something, lay your life down. Lay your life down. There is nothing, there is no way, we can't escape this one. That is why Christ prepares us for laying our life down, the final laying down, because you must lay all your life. It is life for life, life for life. Now, Jesus Christ did something to lay his life down for the sheep. He started laying his life down from the beginning. This, this verse of scripture I quoted yesterday while ministering in a Tucker house, I would like to read it again. Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5. It says, Let this mind be in you. This mindset. This mindset, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Are you seeing this is these things that Jesus Christ displayed here is a display of the law of their life. That is how thy life. That is the conversation of them. Is not a strange thing. They are commanding us to do exactly as Jesus did because they want us to end where he ended. There is where, he, and there's a way he got there. And he said, Let this be a commandment. If you want to end where Jesus Christ ended, in the most holy, at the right hand of the Father, end in everlasting life and in eternal life because life every life level is an exaltation but jesus christ was highly exalted his exaltation was high above the heavens he was made to angels he was made higher than the heavens it is by reason of the, the kind of life that he came into that brought that exaltation but there are things he did to come may, may god in these days Begin to teach us, to begin to bring understanding to us of what is demanded of us. It takes the Spirit of God to lead us to this laying down of life. You can't just get up and say, I'm laying down my life down. No, 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 you can't do it. You have to be led, you have to be commanded, you have to be instructed, you have to be guided. Only God knows where you don't even know where your life is that you need to lay down. There are some lives that are hidden that it, it takes the light of of everlasting life to get there. to so know that there is something you are hiding there and you are putting under your armpits. Nobody can reach there. Only the light of everlasting life can reach it. That you now say, wow, wow, I didn't know that evil is hiding there. That's the reason for light. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, are you seeing the beginning of laying down? <laughs> Who being in the form of God, it not robbery to be equal with God. That was who he was. He was God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. The word was God. But made himself of no reputation. This is their life we might manifest. This is the manifestation of their life. The life that is in them. These are the laws that are operational in that life. Made himself of no reputation. And took upon him the form of a servant. Are you seeing that? It's not, be, it's not easy to come down when you are high up there. But everlasting life revelation will be demanding this from us. Who being made himself of no reputation. Reputation can disturb you and prevent you from entering everlasting life. It can prevent you when you... And you know the way we protect reputation? We don't mind to break every law of life. We break law of life, law of eternal life, law of everlasting life to keep your reputation as if your reputation is higher than eternal life. You can fight. You can, you can, you can, in short, the the short, long and short of it is that you are ready to break laws of life to protect your reputation. Reputation that you don't even need, you don't even have self. What is Reputation. It's life that gives reputation. What what is reputation that you have that you don't... You have not trapped everlasting life. You say you have reputation. You don't have reputation, no. You You have vanity. You are holding on to the wind and using your life to protect the wind. There is nothing in reputation. He counted himself. He made himself. He made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Is this, you see, we just read this thing. We don't know how difficult it is for somebody who was in the form of God to now come to the likeness of men. That is, you lose. You, lose, you know there's a way you don't like to be looked at upon as, like, as a man. There's a way you don't like people to see you. You are particular about people's opinion about you. If I do this, what would they think about me? If I do this, what would they say about me? Because you don't want to leave that your high, high estate where you are, and then you 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 compromise everlasting life to remain there. He said he made he took he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. And became obedient unto death. Are you seeing obedience again? Everybody, are you seeing obedience again? He became obedient unto death. He, that is a path to exaltation. Without obedience, there is no lifting. Exaltation is that he, may, he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. We need obedience. We need. To come down. We need to be humble. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became you, you know, there are there are some obediences you cannot do except meekly. You except you are meek. There are some obediences you cannot carry out. In fact, the more you obey, the meeker you become. There are some obediences you cannot do. That's what I've been I've been saying. You cannot do some obediences except you are becoming meeker and meeker. The the meeker you become, the more you are able to obey God. And the more you obey God, you the meeker you become. They are, they, they are intertwined. Meekness. You, 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 you are made meek by revelation of righteousness. When you do righteousness, you become meek. You become meek one level of meekness will attract another level of commandment that will make you meeker. Nobody can be meek except you obey. You obey. When you obey Christ, you acquire a level of meekness because you can't follow Christ all the way until you are becoming meek. His commandments, they, conf- they configure you to a meek being. Ah, you can't be meek. You can't obey some commandments until you are meek. You can't. You can't because your mind will be telling you, your kind mind will be telling you, what will they think of me if I do this? Well, so you know, there, there are some obediences that make that, demands that you admit that you are wrong, that you are guilty. And the first thing that comes to your hand, eh, so they will look at me as somebody who has been wrong, who can be wrong. Who says you are not wrong? You can't be wrong. That is a deception. It's a deception of Satan. For you to think that you are perfect, you, are, you cannot be wrong. And so when God demands that you accept that you are wrong, you say, Oh, if I say I am wrong, they will think, How will they look at me? Then you are not meek. I remember a pastor saying that uh, the, the Lord told him to go and say sorry to his wife. You know, that is uh, for men, it's, it's humbling because the man is always right and he must never be seen to be weak and to be wrong before his wife. <laughs> so the Lord told him, Go and tell your life, well, that's, that's one thing I thank my husband I thank God for my husband he's ready to say I'm sorry anytime even when he's not wrong he says I'm sorry yes I thank God for his life he's, he's quick to to accept blame and that's a contrite heart he's quick to accept guilt even when, to, to even avoid trouble he will tell you okay I'm, I'm wrong you are right Let's can we have peace that's how a heart should be arranged so the, the Lord told this uh, man of God, go and tell your wife that you are sorry. He said, ah, so this lady would now think that I am wrong. Why? Are you, well, you are wrong now. If you are wrong, you, you can't be wrong. Are you God? It's only God who cannot be wrong. So she felt, oh, she, so he said, so he would think, she would now think that I am wrong. That's his reputation. That is not being meek. A meek person is somebody who is willing, who is malleable. When God tells you to do something, you do it. And that was what we saw in our Lord Jesus Christ. He was obedient. He said, he became, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God, death of the cross. You know, our, our daddy has taught us that for you to enter everlasting life, there has to be a death. There has to be a death. Jesus Christ died in so many ways. In fact, leaving the realm of Godhood to the realm of man, of flesh, is a death on his own. He he demonstrated that life to us. So don't let us think that we escape death. We must die. Dying, we must die. It's not how we receive grace to die. And we die by obedience. We die by obeying commandment. Praise the Lord. Say, wherefore God has highly exalted him and giving him a name, which is above every name, that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Say wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but how much more now, in my absence, work out your own salvation, with fear and trembling for it is god that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure are you seeing something there work out your own salvation in fear with fear fear and trembling not fear as in torment but fear as in caution reverence fear sign that you fear god is that you are quick to obey him you are able to do what he says fear and trembling to this man will I look he that is contrite in heart and tr- uh, humble in sp- uh, in, uh, in spirit and tremble at my word trembling trembling at the word a trembler is somebody who has no confidence in, in himself he knows that his life depends on obey obedience you know that your life your life cannot amount to anything except you keep what God says, except you obey the word of God. The word of God has become, obeying God has become the the focus of your life, the driving force of your life. Your life depends on it. You know that if you don't obey, there is no life. If I don't obey, I don't get life. So you are afraid to die. You are afraid to slip into death. So you always want to, you are afraid, that, not not fear of, uh, you know, of being, of torment. But fear of losing life, because you know that when you obey, you gain life. When you obey, you gain life. You gain life, you gain life, but there is nothing we can come into or amount to without obedience. So God will help us in days to come. We will not amount to anything without obedience. And obedience is to what is being revealed. The life in Christ is revealed for us to obey, to inherit it. Everlasting life comes by revelation to those who have been exercised in Christ and been raised in Christ, and then everlasting life comes to them for them to do, to inherit everlasting life. If you didn't hear anything today, just hear that. Not all that call say unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter into everlasting life or we enter into the holiest of all. Or we enter into the everlasting kingdom of my God. But those who do the will of my God, you do to enter Christ, you do to ever enter everlasting life. After you have become everlasting personality, you continue to do again to get eternal life, which is the reward of everlasting life. May God grant us grace for obedience in this season. Grace for obedience, grace for understanding. We will make obeying priority in our lives we will do his command we will do those things that please him our Lord Jesus Christ demonstrated to us that his father loves him because he he does everything that pleases God what pleases the father is what he reveals to the son and the son says anything I see my father do I do so he's a doer entrance is by doing you walk in the way when the way is revealed you walk in the way to enter may God empower us for entrance May God empower us for obedience in the name of Jesus. May we never be weary in obeying. May God come, may light, greater light shine on us. May may we increase in understanding of what God wants, what pleases him. May we never be bankrupt of what pleases God. May God reveal to us himself the more and more and more in the name of Jesus.